If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hello and welcome to Loose Units, Loose Ends, our weekly spin-off podcast where Dad and I talk about whatever we want... Because we can. Dad, how are you doing today? Paul, I've just got back from the gymnasium. Ah, interesting way to put a pause in the middle of that word. But yes, so have I. I literally got back from the gymnasium too. I love the gym. Amazing. I got up very, very early this morning, 4.30. Oh my God, Dad calmed it. Dad, no, you, no, 4.30 is not morning. It's still night. One of the biggest temptations in life, and I'm not sure whether I'm in a small group or a very large group of people. Yeah. But... When I wake up um, early, yeah. bearing in mind I, I go to bed early as well, mm-hmm. I'm tempted to look at my phone. One of my favorite apps, um, and this is an unsolicited um, remark that I'm making yep. from the heart, listeners, yep. um, I, I've only got three news apps, and one of them is the BBC, okay. which I, I enjoy. Me too. And I'm, I'm flicking through. Um, the BBC app, and I come across a story that, whilst it's quite extraordinary, yeah, my moments of laughter woke Christine. And she gonna, was really, really peeved. I'm gonna hope, I'm gonna hope that it's a true crime related story. Is it crime related? Well, it involves a bomb, and it involves the police, and it involves. The fire brigade. That sounds crimey. And it involves the military. And it involves bomb disposal experts. All right. Yes, please tell me the story because I missed this one. And the fact that you kind of got it whilst doom scrolling, uh, I'm not saying it justifies doom scrolling, but it's certainly, it's been a net gain for us. So please, could could you walk me and the listeners through what you found? As the listeners, and as we all unfortunately are more than aware of, there have been... Many wars over the last several hundred years. Oh, of course, there have been wars over thousands of years. But when the Chinese invented gunpowder and then the West, through trade, Marco Polo to be specific, took 
put gunpowder. Dad. Paul. Very Dad. important. It's a okay. micro history lesson. Okay, okay. Now, because if, look, it's important to get a historic <laughs> perspective, okay? Yeah, okay. And also, might I add, yeah. and on a very, very sad and somewhat frightening oh. note, yeah. uh, when the Americans carpet bombed Cambodia, what do you think is still in Cambodia in the fields? Unexploded shells? Correct. Ah. And, mate, Lady Di, yeah. Princess Diana. Oh, how'd you get there? Jesus. No, she, Paul, she oh. was one of the most yes. vocal proponents. Heroically so, yeah. And she, wonderful. She did amazing work, yeah. yeah. Charitable work, mm-hmm. which is still going on today. Yeah. About the... I mean, there are people out there that are, that are you know, toiling away in factories making prosthetic legs and arms. For kids, mm-hmm. uh, but now that I've sort of taken us right to the the bottom, yeah, uh, let's just add some jocularity into this story. Good luck with that. So, there's a Bobby police officer, yeah, on his beat in England. He's, he's just walking past this house, and he looks into the garden, uh, and this is in. A, a town called Milford Haven in Pembrokeshire. Sounds... What a charming... Have you ever been to Pembrokeshire? Pembrokeshire? No. Yes. Well, what happened was he, he, he looks over and he sees clearly a bright red painted garden ornament. Now, when people think of garden ornaments, uh, we generally think of things like gnomes. I, I hate gnomes. Really? Yes. Why? Well, I once kicked a gnome and it broke in two. I was holding a little sign, mm-hmm. but the sign was fairly offensive. You know that the gnome didn't choose to hold that sign, right? Well, no, but some crazy person that was manufacturing these particular gnomes yeah. decided to give this gnome a, a little sign. Yeah. And when I saw the sign, yeah. I, was, I was incensed. But I'm saying you can't blame the gnome for that. You're I'm not saying... blaming the gnome, but it's an, it, it is an, an, an inanimate object who has no feeling. Am I right? Yeah, but it just seems a little bit of a... Surely you should be kicking the person who made the gnome, not the gnome, right? Look, I or, was... or just snap the little sign off. Yeah, I could have. Anyway, lawn ornaments. Yes. So, <laughs> this particular ornament, yeah. and I'm looking at a photograph of it, it is a massive 30-kilogram bomb. And Holy shit. it's in the front yard of this, of this house yep. in, a, in a lovely neighbourhood, and it's unexploded. The family... Now, it's been in this family since... Get ready for this. Since the late 1800s. Mm-hmm. That's about 130 years. Oh, wow. And it's been through many, many generations. It, they, the family did not know mm. that it was unexploded. Now the story goes that the the navy in the nineteenth century, off the coast of this village, used to use the sand hills to for target practice. Now thirty kilo bomb, Paul. Think about that. That is a that is a mighty. 
bomb. And it's a, the explosion would be extraordinary. It would do some pretty serious damage, I think, yes. It would. It, it, it's, just, it's just massive. Now, the great-grandfather, he mm-hmm. used to deliver by horse and cart lemonade. And one day, he was down near the sandhills and he saw this unexploded bomb. Right. In mint condition. Yeah. He hauls it onto the back of his lemonade cart. How knew it was a bomb? Clearly he knew it was a bomb. Crazy. It, m- madness. I don't know what he was thinking. He yeah. takes it home and he puts it in the front garden where for 130 years... Oh, my God. It has just sat there. Oh, my God. But then a certain generation of the family who moved in in 1982... Yeah. They spruced it up a little bit. They painted it red and... Now, the reason they painted it red was that was to match the windowsill above the bomb. So, it gets worse. The entire street was cordoned off. Everyone was evacuated. Big production. Yeah. And then the lovely lady, uh, the resident, she explains to the police and the bomb disposal experts that she, when she used to do gardening she would actually knock the dirt <gasps> off her shovel and oh. all her, her gardening gear. Using the bomb. She'd bash <laughs> the metallic objects yeah. on the bomb. I don't know. What, look, I don't understand or claim to understand how ordnance works in that respect. But I know that in movies when you drop a gun down the stairs and it starts firing, I know that's bullshit. But to have a bomb go off... What actually needs to happen? Is it like a grenade where there has to be a specific thing done, then it starts to cook? Or what I'm, I guess what I'm saying is, can the bomb even go off if it's not? Um... That's a good question. I don't know. Normally, you have a like with a, with a bullet, for example. Yeah. A, a pin mm-hmm. hits the um, you know, the back, and it, it ignites a very very small. Um, high temperature flame that in turn ignites the the explosive material in this case gunpowder yeah but with the, i mean in that case you're absolutely right uh if the bullet's not fired it's effectively harmless unless you were to crack it open and get the gunpowder out right the the it takes several things to make the bullet dangerous but True. it seems like if a bomb disposal group is shortly going to enter this story then the bomb is somewhat more high risk than that. i agree with you but then there's a little part of this story that is perplexing yeah and that is that the couple were told that the ministry of defense and the bomb disposal unit would arrive the next day Uh. so the family actually spent the night (laughs) in that house which to me is bizarre they did not have a very good night's sleep in fact they described it as a sleepless night yeah yeah Uh, i'm surprised they stayed there i think it would have been prudent Mm. uh, to to get out of there get out of there Mm. and the bomb disposal from the military rock up and they get ready for this. They tested it and they found it was live. It was a live bomb. Holy shit. But they talk about the charge, okay? Now, I think that's the the substance that facilitates the bigger explosion. Yeah. In other words, the in- initial detonation. And they said that it only had a tiny amount of charge. I guess it's perhaps like a, a battery that's just got a bit of charge left. And what they did, they took it to a disused quarry near a castle. Mm-hmm. They covered the bomb with five tons. 
of sand and then they detonate it and the lovely gentleman who had been living in the street uh-huh. um, for 77 years he was quoted in the media as saying and this is in relation to the bomb mm-hmm. he said it was an old friend I'm so sorry that that poor old thing was blown to pieces if you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities maladies, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Isn't that sweet? Not really. No, I agree. <laughs> I think, look, I think... Um... I know that you now would like to see garden gnomes also buried under sand and exploded. As well, just there's a backstory to the gnome. Oh no, we'll, we'll, let's let's go back to the backstory soon. But okay, cool. Okay, so um, the bomb's gone. It's safe. Uh, I'm very curious as to why the law enforcement didn't pay for the family to stay at a travel lodge mm. or something. That yeah, night. that's weird. Yeah. Also, the bomb had just been sitting for almost well. For at least 100 years, it sat in the garden. Mm-hmm. And then around about 30 years ago, yeah. the family decided to concrete the bomb into the garden. Oh, so that's, they, that's so good. That's so So they stupid. mixed up a slurry, oh, dug a hole, yeah. and then would have manhandled. <laughs> I mean, it's... You know what? It's actually really scary. And it's a quirk um, of... Of something or other that it didn't go off. I think what's interesting to me is the fact that the family has been in that home for so long that there is a memory of where. Unless I'm misunderstanding that, it seems like this is sort of a family home. Down oh, it's an heirloom. It's, yeah, yeah. With with that in mind, I mean, look, I know that we moved around a lot when uh, we were younger. I think seven or eight times we yeah. were hopping kind of around the real estate ladder a bit uh, between different suburbs. If we'd moved into a one-up, one-down house with a yard and there was a weird ornament cemented into the backyard, you and mum did a lot of landscaping. Would you have chiseled that bad boy out on account of it being quite ugly, which it was, or would you have made it a bit of a feature? I guess what I'm saying is, could John Verhoeven have accidentally set this thing off? 
Um, <laughs> look, I would like to think, but it's, we're all proven wrong in this particular case, but one would assume if you bought a house and there was an ornament that was a an old, um, you know, a bomb casing. But how would you know it was a real bomb casing? No, well, you can tell. It's it's chalk and cheese. To see really? a real bomb, and I've seen plenty of them, mm-hmm. uh, they are unmistakable. And they make wonderful ornaments if they've been diffused. But an open house would be super sketchy because you'd say, hey, what's that? And the real estate agent would go, oh, it's like a piece of contemporary art. And you'd say, it looks like a bomb casing. Can you please check to see if it's live? And they'd say, sure, I'll look into that. And they'd never call back because they'd never check. I'm just curious as to... Oh, yeah. I would get the... Um, I'd call the police, uh, without a doubt. Mm-hmm. And they have got a, a bomb disposal unit within probably every police force in Australia. They certainly do in New South Wales. Yeah. And what they do is they, they're they very, very cautious because mm. it's 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 lethal and alive until yeah. proven otherwise. So they would cordon off. Um, they would have some experts do a calculation as to if it did explode what would get what the damage would what would get destroyed great and okay. they might say it's going to decimate um and it's all based on a radius so they might say a 500 meter radius like for example the house that the family slept in that night that's the i don't understand <laughs> I, I think there's a lot of assuming even though they knew it was live i yeah. just i'm slightly perplexed um <laughs> I can't answer that. It maybe, seems bizarre. Maybe. I mean, th- Dad, there's a lot of environmental factors. For example, there's been a bunch of heat waves over the years, in recent years, in England, thanks to uh, you know um, uh, climate change really ramping up. I'm curious as to whether if you got a proper heat wave, that the metal object sitting in the sun could maybe heat up to the point where that triggered the bomb? I, d- I, I don't think so, Paul. Uh, Otherwise, okay. that, that would create a whole lot of problems. Particularly up in Cambodia, for example, there would be bombs exploding left, right, uh, and centre. That's a good point. They would have gone off long before that's now. That's right. Yeah, okay. Um, but it's a um, it's an interesting story. I remember when I was probably and definitely old enough to know, uh, I found some bullets when we were down in Canberra. And I think I've mentioned this on a previous podcast, but it's, it's something I'm not, not proud of. But I put one of the bullets on the concrete and we all all the cousins there were probably six or seven cousins we all stood around in a circle Mm -hmm. and i was throwing bricks at the bullet pretty silly trying to get it to go off pretty silly and if it had have gone off of course a 22 caliber um bullet would have gone into if you if we were lucky it would have gone into one of our legs and caused at that range very serious injury or if it had have sort of flicked up and gone into your head. It, look, I just can't believe I actually did that. Um, did I tell you about the time? So listeners will remember, I hope, oh, and if they've read Electric Blue, they will know that I forgot that you and mum ran a funeral home. Yeah. I had blocked it out of my memory. I'd completely forgotten until, until I was writing Electric Blue and you mentioned this story about the funeral home and it all came flooding back like some wizard had restored these memories of mine and relatively recently i had a flashback and i think i'm like 99 percent sure this is true i'm playing in the gravel driveway of the kinsella funeral home 
you and mum are talking to somebody on the steps and I find a small metal object half in the grass, the kind of verge along the driveway inside the property. And uh, it was a shell casing. Hmm. And I think I gave it to you. And I think you went, yep, that's a shell casing. Or so, you, you, you took it off me. Um, hmm. You weren't mad or anything. No. But I distinctly remember picking it up and going, I think this might be a bullet or something. And I recall wanting to use it as a key ring or fill it with stuff. And it was a... You know, I I can't remember a I can't remember a great deal about it, but what do you think that was about? Well, I, I probably know what it was about because um, at that particular funeral home back in the nineteen eighties, mm. um, there was a, a fairly decent marijuana mini plantation growing <laughs> in the central courtyard, oh my God. and the p- people that visited. Um, the principal of that organisation, almost on a daily basis, mm-hmm. were detectives from the local police stations. Okay. And let's just say lots of things used to happen in that courtyard. And I I have no doubt that a, an officer would have discharged his firearm. Uh, for, for what reason? To show off? To There are lots and lots of reasons. Um, Hang on. Yep. You think that was a... Uh... You think that was a police officer's shell casing in the yard? Um, well, hopefully. I'd hate hopefully. To think it was um, something more insidious uh, because we may, you may recall, Paul, mm-hmm. that the daughter of the owner of Kinsella's yep. at one time was going out with the sergeant of arms for it was either the Comancheros or the Banditos. So we're talking... Fucking scary. I actually went to school with that guy and I don't know whether he's alive today, but so you can you can draw your own conclusions. <laughs> Trust me. But you know, a bullet casing doesn't just end up in if you find one, uh you can sort of think about all sorts of things, but in this particular case and you may recall, Paul, that it was an enclosed private courtyard it, it had, you had no access uh, unless you were on on business or a friend of the family um so yes it's um uh, it's a good very distinct possibility it's probably better that it was from a police officer's firearm um back in the 1980s and i know there are a lot of ex-police i was chatting with one just yesterday in mm-hmm. manly yep and the stories from the 80s in the New South Wales Police Force, for example, we used to go away on hunting trips and we used to take our service revolvers. And <laughs> what? We used, yes. And we used to... Dad. Yeah. And we used to... We had this contact where we could buy police oh, ammunition. Fucking hell. Yes. And, it was, and we were supposed to have them in the safe at North Sydney Police Station. And we just would just go home with them and then head out into the sticks. And, and you know, I'd be out with friends, um, police, and we'd be, um, you know, hunting um, feral animals like pigs and foxes. And we'd be using our Smith & Wesson, 38 Smith & Wesson six-shot revolvers. And I don't recall exactly where we got the ammunition from, but I know mm. that it was a police officer. It was suddenly, running a side business. Suddenly, 
shell casings in the yard of the funeral home seem uh, less unusual to me than they did 10 minutes ago. Mm. Yeah. Well, from shell casings in the yard of a funeral home to bomb casings in the yard of a house in Pembrokeshire, England... Thank you for listening to another episode of Loose Units, Loose Ends. We've had so much fun. We hope you don't have any unexploded ordnance in your house. And if you do, maybe don't spend the night there. Maybe call the bomb squad. Uh, we have had such a fun time uh, so far this year, folks. We've, this year has been a great year for Loose Units. And I just wanted to say a quick thank you to everybody for listening. Because, it, like, honestly, uh, we've clocked 9 million listens you have all made this an, a, a pretty much a full-time job for Dad and I. So thank you for listening. Thank you for letting us put ads on the show. Thank you for letting us talk nonsense uh, at the end of every week. And we, we're not going away over Christmas. Dad and I have talked about this. We've got lots of special stuff planned. We're going to be doing stuff all the way through the Christmas season, all the way through December. You are not going to be without Loose Units, including on Christmas. So... Thank you for listening to another episode of Loose Units, Loose Ends. We love you all very much, and we will see you next week for more Loose Units. Bye, everyone. Cheerio.